This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Woodhouse Brewing Company, where they believe simplicity is a good thing. Try their lager, IPA, stout, and new raspberry sour, all available at the LCBO. It's time to grab the bull by the horns. It is Wednesday, February 3rd. Welcome to Beer and Bullshit Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. I'm solo this week. Apologies to the Pellheads. Got a great show for you this week. Great interview. Some good news for Ontario beer fans. Uh, before we get to that, I wanted to pose a question to my listeners. It's a bit out there. Do you know the names of the people your spouse works with? Because I don't. Uh, I was walking my dog this morning and I walked by this couple and she said something like, uh, you know, Blanche from work. And he was like, yeah, Blanche. And I was like, wow, he he actually knows. He knows the person she's talking about. And he, he wasn't just pretending, because I've done that. So I know he wasn't doing that. He was like, oh, yeah, 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 without having any clue. No, he knew. He was like, oh, yeah, Blanche, her son's Joey in the army. He was all over that shit. And I was like, wow, that guy knows the people that his wife works with. I mean, don't get me wrong. I probably could guess, you know, if I had to. If I was in a situation where I had to say the person's name, I would like, give me two or three guesses. I'd get it. Don't Like, I'd get it. But, like, in person, that's, you know, that's not good enough. There's one woman my wife works with, and I just call her Pepsi. You know why? Because the one time I met her, that's what she had in her hand. That was, like, six years ago. She's been Pepsi. My wife doesn't even try to pretend to use the real names anymore. She's like, oh, Pepsi today was doing this. I was like, oh, Pepsi. That's classic Pepsi. And at this point, honestly, if we're ever doing social events again and we have to go to, like, a work thing, I'm really worried I'll just call her Pepsi. And I'm like, oh, what's up, Pepsi? And she'll be like, no, this is a Sprite. And then I look like an idiot. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm happy that I'm in a comfortable place. My wife and I have been together so long. Uh, we don't expect each other to know the names of the people we work with. I feel like that's a, like early on. You're like, yeah, I'll learn things about you. And we're now we're like, no, we're good. We got our thing here and then the Pepsi stuff. So um, anyway, shout out to that guy who knew his wife's coworker. But enough of that bullshit. Uh, we got a good show. I'm talking to Peter Bullet. Junior, today, the owner of Great Lakes Brewery. Uh, we talk a little bit about the history of Great Lakes, and uh, apologies to the listeners who were really looking for an in-depth interview of the, you know, exploring the history of Great Lakes Brewery. I I just feel like I've done that. I've written articles about it. They're coming up on like 35 years. So Peter and I have been down that road a few times before, so I kind of just glossed over that to get to some news that Peter was anxious to share with me that will be breaking today across the interwebs. That is, of course, the news that Great Lakes Brewery is building a brew pub. Uh, Anyway, I'll let Peter fill you in on the details. Here's my chat with Peter of Great Lakes Brewery. How's things, man? Good. Good. Can't complain. Yeah. You know? 
most people are so it's good you don't want to no <laughs> no we've been uh we've been blessed we're lucky man <clears throat> just with the uh the industry and the uh the ability to still sell and deliver beer it's uh it's much better than most people yeah yeah i was uh usually i go through a whole rig of morale and go through a guest's whole history i feel like we've done this so many times you we and have, i have yeah for sure <laughs> Maybe I'll do the Coles Notes version for any listeners who don't know you, but I'm pretty sure most people who listen to this show would know GLP. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of a, you know the stuff of legend that your dad bought a brewery when in, in 1991. Um, how old were you when he bought it? That's the one part I haven't. Not that I want. <laughs> maybe you don't want to give away your age. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Uh, I was 21. Okay. So here's a question for me because I know you kind of ease your way into like being more and more a part of the business. I'm curious about at what point in your like personal beer journey where you're like i just i mean because we all drank beer for its you know purposes as opposed to its flavor when did you think you started to get more interested in the taste of beer um i think you know we spent the truth is we spent so many years so so freaking broke you really didn't have time to explore the artisanal inner self it was complete survival mode so you know we were lager floggers back then so it was just just grind down and keep labor low and, you know, cost down and fuck. Yeah, it was, it was tough times. So I think, you know, when the, um, when the feds changed the excise tax, and I've said this numerous times too, it was 2006. So we went from making $0 to at least having, I think because of our volume at the time, it was like 200 or $200,000 difference in our genes at the end of the year. So then we had the ability to start to, okay, now we've got some budget, we can do something. And that's when, you know, devils came out and pumpkin and orange peel and green tea. And, uh, um, there was another one, uh, peach, sweet peats, peach wheat. We actually started printing. If you remember the, the stenciled bottles, like that was 2007 winter ale was actually the very first, uh, we, we, we made it and we did it as a gift. And everybody loved it so much. We ended up not giving it away as a gift. We ended up selling it. Yes, I remember that. And okay, so you went from, I was just, it's, it's funny to me that you talked about yourself as a lager flogger. I have a case of Great Lakes lager at my house right now. It's great. So yeah, it's awesome. Eh? Yeah, we went, we went back, <laughs> we went back around. Um, a lot of that stuff came up, just Lackey and I going to uh, Germany. And I went, I think it was 2019. And in 12 months, I went four times to Germany. Wow. Just because you need to go back for the beer? We need, we need to go back for the beer. I was actually invited to be a judge at the Eurostar, the, uh, the beer judging, the beer awards. And we couldn't go. Yeah, that was, that was cool. That was a nice oh, song. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, uh, I don't know if it's consumer trends. There's like a pandemic. People are going back to like comfort food beers. I hear a lot of breweries are going to Europe and it's like, it's all converging to make Ontario super like lager heavy. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. So it's probably a different lager than when you had that 18 hex system and you had the syrupy malt extract on the electric kettle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good memory or good notes. Yeah. We've done this before, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But I, I do remember I would, we, we did talk a bit about, um, your dad and his Greek and Serbian roots and how those Greek and Serbian restaurant owners in the early days kind of got great lakes to keep the lights on. Yeah, totally. And I, I, uh, I, I think you told me he spoke a few languages. Is that true? That is true. 
Yep. Yeah, Do you speak? Spoke, uh, I don't speak. Ahead. No. No. <laughs> no. He spoke. Um, it, he was pretty incredible. If and he spent enough time, so he could speak it Italian fluently, Greek fluently, and Serbian Montenegrin, obviously. Um, but he could actually. He had the the accent and the dialect down so tight. He could tell an Italian, "I'm from a particular area," and they would they would not question him. <laughs> and he would do the same thing in Greek. Sometimes he'd just say, watch this, I'm going to fuck this guy up. <laughs> and he'd say, I'm from Sparta. I'm a Spartan. You know, and he knew history so well, and he was so educated, he could, he could throw the, you know, the little twang and the twang of the language, which I have no clue about, but I witnessed it. <laughs> nice. I have an image of him wheeling and dealing like the restaurants, like going from one to the other in like early Toronto, just, you know, not, I don't want to say scamming, but, you know, sh schmoozing the restaurant owners into buying your beer. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was charismatic, man. And with with the language, he just he just melted into the guy's head. And uh, it wasn't necessarily always about buying the beer. Obviously, that was crucial. Yeah. But uh, he always, you know, where's your history? Where's your family from? What's your last name? Oh, you know, and trying to find some correlation or something to, you know, uh, either hi history or <clears throat> just politics general. Like he was he was a wise old old guy, man. Nice. And then. 1997, you take the helm, and you told me you fired everybody. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yep. I fired everybody. I had no idea how to brew, and I just started brewing. Nice. And that's yeah. when uh, you and Lackey started messing at the, the uh, Brew Your Own spot, right? Um, no, that was, uh, <clears throat> that was later. Okay. Um, what happened was I, I did. I literally fired all the brewing staff, and... Lackey had done some brewing with Bruce Cornish back in the early nineties. So I said, Hey man, like, cause I was doing the maintenance. Like I knew every motor, every pump, like I knew how flow worked. Like I understood the, the nitty gritty, but I didn't understand, you know, for Vorloffing, how strong do you have the pump and how vigorous do you, with the temperature of the sparge water and just some of the crucial stuff. So he, he came down and gave me a crash course. And then my, I started brewing. It was a couple of years of brewing for sure. Nice. Okay, we did your 30-year history in a couple minutes there. Yeah. <laughs> now we can talk about your news, which is the, I mean, uh, I feel like it's maybe a badly kept secret. I've seen pictures, but uh, yeah. it's finally out there. You're doing a brew pub. Yeah, man. After, uh, honestly, I think it was since 98 is when, when it first started. Like, And again, that was more business and like, oh my God, we can have a second location. Like we could sell stuff. <laughs> like we should get another place and then it was it was we're never really ready and never really um um i had the excitement to do it but not not like okay we're doing it you know mm -hmm. so we were kicking kicking spaces locations like mostly toronto but you know you're driving out and say oh my god this would be a great place for another brewery you know um and what, was the, at, what was on the short list? So the beer fans that live in that city can kick themselves that you didn't pick that spot. Um, there was like in and around Guelph, in and around Niagara. And then I, you know, you start drifting. Oh, maybe it should be like a farm brewery. Like we could get sort of like, you know, a tourist hub where we could grow some stuff and have a small, small pilot there. And, um, you know, we seriously looked at, uh, this one was close actually, the um, Long Branch. They're in around Brown's line on the south side. Okay. There's some new development there. And there was uh it was an old movie theater and it turned into an event space. So it had it had the good ceilings, it had a concrete floor. Like there's some things that you want. But so you ended up on Lower Jarvis, right? 
So we ended up on Lower Jarvis. Yeah, right across from uh, Sugar Beach. Nice. So they're That's calling ex- the Daniel's Waterfront. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, this must have been in the works, like you said, for a long time. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I found out about it. And as with most things, no one wants to talk about things until keys are in hand and things are signed. So like, yeah. when did, when did you like, okay, we maybe got this as like, how long has it been to you? Like, I got the keys. Let's talk about it. Like yesterday, I, like, <laughs> oh, no, last week, it, not last week, but the week before Monday is when I got the keys. <clears throat> and then, then it's real, right? That you're actually unlocking the door, walking into your space. Yeah. Like, Holy crap. But we signed the papers. I think it was like May of 18. Wow. So they had, uh, they had some construction delays, not, not too badly. And we had, um, obviously COVID delays where I didn't want the place. Right. <laughs> and then with the COVID, we actually changed the design and the layout of the space. We just made the retail store bigger and with the um, plexiglass everywhere. And <laughs> uh, we didn't get that far yet. Not in the design anyway, but, um, at least we just opened it up and then, you know, in the drawings where you see seats, they've actually, you know, shadowed every other seat. So it's in case that we're going to have that kind of spacing, then we know uh, we can just adapt and change this, change the uh, spaces we need to. So original plan versus maybe what it'll be like if it opens soon, what's the capacity seating? Um, it's around, it's in around the hundred mark. Like the patio, I think is about 50 something and insides like 60, 80 or something like that. So again, um, nice. Troy will share the drawing with you at some point. You'll see like, you see the retail store and it's like this big space of no seats. So we, we put a lot of standing room and a lot of standing tables and stuff. Yeah. And again, just not knowing what's going to happen with restrictions and how many people are actually allowed inside. So we can always, uh, we can always expand the seats over into the retail store. Nice. So it's sort of kept it modular almost if you will so obviously a brew pub is exciting but it sounds to me like you might be a little bit more excited about the idea to offer retail right in toronto as opposed to you know out in the boonies so to speak because people in toronto don't go far for beer right that's right yeah it's a bit of both i mean as you know we had a lot we had a hard time over the years getting torontonians to get you know go over that invisible wall at roncesville's right Exactly. And as soon as they, they were like, what? That's that's not even Toronto, man. Like, we're not going there. And <laughs> when you can't get there with that streetcar and then you got to go on the subway and then you got to go on a bus, you know, it was always like, maybe one day I'll get out there if my buddy picks me up in his car, you know? So to be able to, right, right. yeah, to be able to, to service the East End and the Torontonians of the sort of Southeast, um, it's it's super cool. I'm really excited about that because I think a lot of people, um, like I said, there's that geographical wall <laughs> that people just didn't want to cross. So, I mean, you know. I'm guilty of it too. I'm now that I live in London, I'm like, why didn't I fucking go 20 minutes? Like, it was nothing. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you hear about people on the West End, like, oh, Godspeed so far. I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys could be like, it's one transit yep. trip. People are just lazy. I'm like, I have to go two hours. <laughs> That's right. Or eight eight dollar. Uh, ride app you know or like nothing (laughs) yeah exactly ice cold beer ice hey uh, hey what are you uh, what are you doing oh hey chris i'm uh i'm just excited about ice cold beer well clearly you said it a number of times and the show is all about beer 
No, no, ice cold beer uh, from Leftfield Brewery. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Brewed with barn owl malt, barley, and wheat, uh, VQH Farms Cascade hops, and Escarpment Labs yeast. Leftfield Brewery's ice cold beer is a 100% Ontario ale through and through. It's seriously great without being too serious. Well, good thing because we're not too serious, but crushable. Much like us, crisp and refreshing. And it goes perfectly with baseball. It is a bleacher beer. That is a new beer category I'm inventing, bleacher beer. Well, now I want iced cold beer. Well, Chris, you're in luck. Baseball might not be here right now, but this beer sure is. Ice cold beer is available now for home delivery in Toronto and in select other markets with the left field fan shop orders of 45, over 45 bucks and is now available at your local LCBO and grocery stores. Well, that sounds pretty convenient. It's very convenient. As an added bonus, Beard Bullshit listeners can keep your ice cold beer ice cold for longer. Use the promo code BULLSHIT on any order over $45 in the Left Field Brewery online fan shop and get a free ice cold can koozie. Koozie must be 19 years or older. Available while supplies last. Ice cold. No, no we're done. We're done. That's it. Yeah. So are you going to be pumping retail volume? I mean, you can't really guess, but is that the plan? It sounds like it's going to be a great retail hub. For sure. Yeah, yeah. We, so we want to have, um, um, obviously, everything that's in the fridge at, at Etobicoke, for sure, will be there. And then, yeah, the idea right now is, the, um, you know, we'll have hopefully four or five fermenters. And we'll have a we'll have a beer a week or a beer every ten days. New new thing coming out, and we're talking now about either just kegging that, so that'll be our on tap and stuff. But we're also talking about a portable tank, so we can bring back you know a thousand or fifteen hundred liters and bring it over to the canning line and can it up. So then we have unique hmm. stuff, not just draft right out of that location. Okay, so will you have will you have like a, a handful of draft lines at the brew pub? Oh yeah, for sure. 16 a minimum i think wow but yeah. then one one thing unique to that place like we you'll be doing one beer a week that's brewed on site yeah cool yeah and as, as tank space and aging allows yeah yeah um who's gonna do the brewing like are you gonna have to is lackey gonna have to go back and forth are you gonna hire new staff how's that work no i think on the brewing side no we've got uh so right now it's uh I know it's not just lackey that was sounding yeah. stupid. <laughs> no, but you got Nolan Cali. They sort of run the the bigger system. Uh, they dabble a little bit on the small, but then we got uh, Nick Nick Perry and Griff, um, and now the training Clint as well. So they got yeah, you know, we got four or five guys that can go back and forth, um, and there'll be a lot of back and forth for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah. you won't be like assigning like a a brew a brew pub head brewer or somebody to oversee operations. It's just the staff will kind of do double duty. Yeah. Yeah. And same with the uh, inventory stuff and um, the brands that got to go back and like my, those guys will handle all between re- retail and the brewing team. They'll do the brewing. They'll be bringing the spent grain back probably. I don't know if where we could do with that stuff downtown, but yeah. <laughs> right in the, right in the lake. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Build the lake out further. Like they used to do with the basement fill. That's how the that's that's right. that area got built. Yep. Um, this is maybe a bit of a like abstract question, but what's the vibe? Cause I feel like in Etobicoke, you've kind of like, it's the building's been around so long. You're like slapping pits on. It's a little bit of a Frankenstein. It's very nice now, but I mean, yeah. now that you're starting from fresh and you can 
conceptualize? Like, what do you see for the space? Yeah, it's um, it's it's hard to sort of describe, but we actually we we did we invested in a, a design team that's that's helped us sort of try to capture the the vibe there. But then we also want to do some some slap and tickle of our own stuff. Like, I just love some slap and tickle. I love it. I just love the um, you know, when we started doing the the art around the building and you know, big ass octopus and Gordy and Canuck Lounge and like just all all that all that sort of it's, it's not really graffiti, but it's, you know, our, our label art. I, I think it, it looks, it's a lot of fun. And I really want to showcase obviously those brands, but just the, how much, how much fun we always have. Like, that's really what we want to try and capture in that place is totally chill, good food, obviously great beer. And uh, just, just a good vibe, some good tunes playing low in the background. And, you know, you look a lot to look at inside and it's a great, it's a great space if you come into the city and take a drive down when you see the uh, see the courtyard and um, and just the beach right across the street. It's nice. It's cool. What is the uh, food going to be like? So food, you know, being so cult- culturally diverse myself, if you remember, my mom is German too, so we got that. I'm half German and half Greek, quarter Greek, quarter Serbian. Um, and I married an Italian, so we got you know we've got a lot of food groups to try to cover off, but. We really generally want to keep the menu smaller than than large. I, I hate going to a place with you know the eleven seventeen double sided like yeah like that's crap. We'd like to try to get down to that eight eight ten <laughs> more on the uh, apps and the shareables and um you know like wife at home started making smash burgers like we gotta have smash burgers for gosh sakes like those are just amazing <laughs> um we're investing in a really nice pizza oven and we really want to have a good focal point on pizza um and the thinking there you know we can have the say close the kitchen sort of earlier 9 30 10 o'clock but pizza runs till whenever nice are yeah. you uh have you hired like a, a chef like who's doing menu development so we, you we will be hiring a chef sooner than I want to, but <laughs> there are, you know, the team's telling me, no, no, we got to get him in. We got to get him on board and help with the menu. And because we still have the wavy wall, we could actually have chef starting to do some recipe testing for us right away. Nice. Um, so, you know, it's sort of leading into, into the win. So we're thinking sort of fall to open. Okay. We were, um, we were given a bunch of time to do the build out and with the, current restrictions in place there's obviously no rush to get the place constructed and open it's sort of easing into it mm-hmm. so what does it look like right now is it just empty it's an empty box well it's okay. not even a box it's a really odd shape it's really long because we took we took four individual units that were supposed to be like for four businesses and we, we took the whole space uh, okay so it works out it's about almost six thousand square feet so it's it's a fair size um but by the time you put, you know, the code amount of bathrooms and the code amount of uh, bathrooms for the staff and it's, it's yeah. really quickly starts to yeah. get small. So will the brewing setup be pretty, I mean, right there, like you're sitting next to it kind of when you have your burger. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. It's a little bit further from the seats when you walk in the yeah. front door. I've never understood a vestibule. So you'll have like 12 yep. o'clock to it and then sort of kitchen, back of house, bathrooms are on the one side and then all the seats and the bar and the retails on the other. Cool. So we started with, we started with food. So with, with the food, yeah. So 
like we've got our own ideas and we want to sort of write our own menu and then we'll have a chef join us a couple, three months before opening. So probably like time it with the start of construction and go over the menu items with him. And then, you know, obviously if you like the brewing guys, you want to give them, give them some free reign and say, all right, like, what do you, what do you think? What, 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 what are you really good at? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it may come up with a menu item. They're like, Hey man, all right. Lasagna. It is. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lasagna, lasagna brew pub. That's it. <laughs> um, I'm kind of uh, the last time we talked, which was for your 30th anniversary, way back in 2017. You were kind of like, I'm pretty good. Like, I'm pretty successful. I don't want to go too big. You remember you gave me an analogy like Joe the Barber cuts hair four yep. days a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not that at all. Like, you've now built in, like, entered, like, you've got serving staff, you've got a kitchen. You're going the other way, Peter. It is, it is the other way. And there's times where I honestly, you know, you kick yourself because you're like, yeah, this, why did I complicate my life like this? <laughs> and more so you get it from my wife, obviously. It's like, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> like, I know, but this is really fun. Like, you know, to be able to, like I said, and it's not always, it's not about money. It's, it's like, it's about, you know, having fun, giving people opportunity to taste our, our beer. Cause it's not, it's not easy to get them to do that. So sometimes you got to, you got to spend a little more to make it happen. Yeah. And I think having a nice, nice space where people can chill and I can, I can go and hang out and have lunch and whatever. That's why, that's why you did it. So you yeah, can man. go to the city and have a burger. That's right. <laughs> My own burger. <laughs> that makes no, sense. And it's, it's a, it's a natural progression for sure. There's um, there, or we're looking forward to some financial reward, of course, but it, it wasn't really the driving force. I'll be honest. It was, um, um, and sharing, sharing the, sharing the wealth and the fun of the beer, man. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, it's going to be, it sounds stupid to say, but it's going to open your beer up to a lot more people, even though they're right there. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. People are lazy. You're going to get foot traffic you never had before and you're going to get right. retail sales you never had before. So yeah, yeah, it makes, from a consumer standpoint, it's fantastic. I mean, Toronto beer lovers are going to go apeshit. From a guy who's like, I'm pretty good. Yeah. You've complicated your life quite a bit. <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. Um, has I asked you this question now in... 2017 um i asked you if there's anything that's been surprising to you over the 30 years and then you said um you were surprised there's not more consumers behind you like as big as craft beer is um you said our market share is like six percent and your surprise is not like 20 so is it, has that changed since we chatted last not much yeah <laughs> not much really um there's there's a handful of you know, really successful brands. And then there's, there's a, there's a ton of guys that are just, they're doing okay. And even collectively, all that volume is still, I, I'll be honest right now. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know the number of what was in 2020, but you know, if it's 10% now, I'd, I'd be even surprised because I, I still don't understand where all that, where the volume is because it's, it's not in, it's not between us, the whistle bows, Amsterdam collective, monkey but you know what i mean yeah there's a there's a lot of guys there doing very well but in comparison you know the, the next guy up is so much bigger like it's just it's still unfathomable i would do the tour of uh, sleeman's um a couple months ago and i was like oh so you know how big are you guys now uh, half a million he's like no we're over a million hectoliters i was like what 
crazy. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of co-packing, but but still the 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 size like you're walking through the place, you're like, holy crap. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that barrier is. I mean, presumably wealth. Like, I mean, they either started by very large comp- by very large corporations, or they're so old they've just grown so big. I, yeah. But you're right. You get to a certain point in craft beer, you're like, how do you get bigger? Like, I, it's weird. Yeah. A lot of it's restriction and government tax regulation, and it just sort of keeps you priced out. But it, it is, you don't have that mass consumer falling because we've got, I don't know, you know, thousands and thousands of customers, but those thousands drink not only Great Lakes, they drink all the other, all the, all the other great beers out in the province. But mm-hmm. it's still, um, yeah, number-wise, it's, it is, it's still, it's still funny. It's because, you know, obviously all my circle, probably your circle, like, do you know anybody that's still going to the beer store, picking up two fours of whatever, like main, mainstream? I don't, I don't really know anyone. My buddy who owns a construction company who buys cases for his crew because it's yeah. economical, but about yeah, sure. that, not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still kind of the case, but what's funny about the, uh, the anniversary. So this, this will be my 30th personal year with the brewery in the Crazy. brewing. Yeah, I know. May, May or May or June is, will be 30 years, man. Wow. What a weird year to celebrate it. Yeah, totally. Um, is there anything left? Like, I feel like this is maybe the last thing that, well, maybe not, but like of the pieces of things you've tried, brew pub is pretty big. Is there anything you still want to do in beer that you feel like you haven't done in 30 years? No, I'm not, I'll be honest, not really. Like now what we're trying to do um, at Great Lakes, you know, I'm still about completely reinvesting in our, in the company. It's not, uh, um, again, it's it's about making money, but the, the money to be made is to upgrade the plant and get, uh, you know, there's so many gizmos that you need nowadays for quality and um, improved, uh, improved strategies for um, better and better tasting beers. Like we're still always trying to be better. And, you know, we spend a lot of time drinking it. Mm-hmm. And if something's not right, then we start looking at how we can fix it. So... For me, no, there's nothing really like I obviously love a brand new brew house from Germany and I love this, you know, but and we'll do stuff like that. Just it, it'll be over a, another 30 years. <laughs> your wife's going to kick your ass when she hears this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems to me that the brew pub is definitely you guys doubling down on your hyper local focus, uh, which for a guy in London who loves to see all your styles roll out and can't get them here is a bit of an, an annoyance, but I totally get your philosophy. Like keep the beer close, keep the beer fresh. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Still, still no grandiose plans to export out of the province. We really, you know, Troy likes to say we're 99.9% made and sold in Ontario, which is still true. And we like to keep it that way because that is a big focal point for us still is the freshness and all the, the team run around to the uh, LCBOs when they're allowed to go in. You know they're checking date codes make sure they're rotating and just doing their due diligence because i don't you know we don't want a two-month-old canuck rotting in a hot lcbo shelf yep and uh, it's been it's been working and i think this the strategy is um it's a good focus for the team because then everyone's like you keep jamming it in them and they're like yeah hey, you know what i found this one and it was like just you know your buddies text you because i teach them all like you want to you want a packaged on date you don't want no best before date don't hide behind time yes tell the world yell that from a mountaintop big time forget yeah. this best before shit 
Exactly. And um, yeah, just keeping keeping that uh, keeping that focus, I think is it's it's good for us and it's good for even better for the consumer, really. Agreed. Well, your Canuck is still rolling fresh at my local metro, so I'm doing quality nice. control here for you at the uh, okay. Adelaide and Cheapside Metro in London, Ontario. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? I think we covered uh, everything I had. It's nice. Like one thing I, I think that this 30 years is reflect. And I've, I've told this joke numerous times that my whole life, I, I didn't really go outside a 5k bubble. So from where, where I grew up, like my family house to where I went to public school, to where I went to high school, to my first uh, um, marital condo that was at Dundas and Prince Edward, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So it's, it's, it's super cool to be a, you know, not only a Torontonian, but a guy that really hasn't left. I mean, I've done a lot of traveling, like just for whatever personal and uh, business, but uh, my, my living situation has always been, I could walk to every, every place that I've lived, you know, that's, that's amazing. So it's, no wonder you're hyper local. You've, you're scared to leave your bubble. <laughs> right. I don't want to leave here. Congrats on your bubble. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Are you out of it now? Wait, I'm trying to do the math of your brew pub is the brew pub the- is out of the bubble for sure. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> the streak is over. That's right. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat. I'm sure people will be Thank pretty you. excited to hear about your brew pub. Yeah, this is uh we're we're super excited as well. It's uh, you know, obviously we were shitting our pants for a long time with this COVID. Like, who the hell opens a bar in a pandemic? Right. Uh, the poor guys are all all shut hard and you know. I know a lot of them aren't going to make it. Like it's, it's really sad mm-hmm. So to be, it, it's hard to be, you know, raw, raw bar business. You know, we're getting into it uh, when there's so many people that are, are just, just really hurting. And uh, you know, last year we invested in a pretty substantial keg washer filler and uh, it's just been collecting dust, man. Like it's, it's sad, not, not for us that it's sad that these bars aren't open and not able to sell nothing. Yeah. I mean, I try to, I don't own restaurants obviously, but I try to put some positive spin on it from a, like, from the standpoint of the scene, I think you're going to have sadly a lot of places closed, but I think that means you're going to have a lot of interesting spaces available. And a lot of people who've been like locked down for a while suddenly want to get creative. Like maybe people want to start new businesses. I think it's going to be an interesting time for restaurants on the other side of this. Not so much for people that currently own them, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I do think there'll be some, some light at the end of this tunnel including a brew pub yes yeah what's super cool about the space down there even if you do a a a google map or whatever like we've got there's two towers above us one's 900 units the other one's 600 units and then there's seven stories of offices in front of us because we're in like a courtyard oh yeah and then chorus buildings across the street they took that parking lot and it's another office tower of seven stories you're gonna do crazy lunches then eh Crazy lunches, yeah. Because the only remember the only food source down there was Loblaws to get your lunch, or um, what is it called? Against the grain, right? There's nothing else around there. So now it's not only us there. Obviously, there's we're in like a food court. So you've got South Street Burger and you got um, um, Freshies and Starbucks and stuff like that. But um, for a nice sit down pub with uh, excellent beer offerings, I think we got. We'll, we'll be fine there. Sounds exciting. Well, I'll get uh, 
you know, hopefully we're all vaxxed up and you have a grand opening and I'll make my way out there. (laughs) Okay, dude. Well, thank you and good luck. Thank you. Oh, Pepsi.